Welcome back to another episode here of All Things Football, where we talk about, you guessed it, all things football. We've got a lot to go over this week. The college football season is officially wrapping up. We've got championship weekend coming up, NFL season week 12 coming up, or week 13. Forget where we're right now. It's so crazy how the season has come and is going. Chase, how are we feeling? Feeling pretty good, right? The Packers are back on track. The Hawkeyes are playing in the championship game. I just can't wait. You know, good football is coming. Ooh, it's going to be a crazy weekend for college football for sure as we map out kind of what that college football play is going to look like. Um, some of our predictions we've hit on, some of them we've missed on for sure. But um, I think all of our – well majority of our playoff picks are still in place. We'll see how it shakes out here with championship weekend, but um, a lot to go over a lot of, a lot of good football to go ahead and go over. So Chase, walk us through what we got for today. Yeah, of course, we're going to recap all of the craziness of the holiday football games. We've got a couple people getting fired, some, somebody coming back, a bad, bad man coming back. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to go over our best and worst, hand out some game balls, where we were right, where we were wrong, and then hit you with the next week preview. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's dive right on in. This is All Things Football. All right, Chase, let's hit him with some league news coming out of Washington. The Commanders, after their Thanksgiving game against the Dallas Cowboys, happy Thanksgiving to defensive corner Jack Del Rio has been fired. What are your thoughts here on this change at this point in the season? Yeah, I don't think it's enough. I think they got to let everyone, but not maybe not the enemy, but get rid of Riverboat Ron. We've been talking about that since the offseason right? That guy's got to go. Jack Del Rio, like, and it, I feel sorry for him, but he couldn't do it when they had their two best defensive players. They they make it, make two trades, get rid of them on the deadline day, right? Montez Sweat leaves, Chase Young's in the in the Bay Area now. So now, you know, he's left with kind of no one, right? They drafted a undersized cornerback to be their kind of cornerback one. He's kind of getting manhandled by some of the bigger receivers. Not really his fault. He'll, I think, uh, Forbes will come into his own, but Del Rio is not the guy there in Washington. That defense, which was supposed to be pretty good, has just not lived up to its expectation. I, I, I'm i fine with moving on from him, seeing what you got. It may be in-house before you go out and reach someone else. I just think they didn't do enough. I I question the timing of this. Like, I don't get – like, at this point, you know, your season pretty much is what it is, right? The you're not doing anything right. The commanders aren't doing anything. You've, you pretty much punted on the season whenever you did make those big trades, right? Like you said, you draft, you traded away your two best defensive players. You're not leaving him to work with much, right? Um, and so too, after, a, um, a, you know, and even some of it too is, is man, I'm a big Sam Howell guy, but he's kind of turning into this kind of turnover machine the last couple of weeks. So the offense isn't necessarily helping you either right and you're going up against the cowboys right you're already out of this mismatch so i didn't like the timing of it right right after thanksgiving obviously all that different stuff so that's you know that's ron rivera for you so as you know we're not big fans of him so i think a lot of changes are coming more um to this franchise i would have at this i, don't know, I would have waited till the end of the season because you're not in you're not in contention you don't need that spark right you're looking at the steelers who fired Matt canada right trying to get that spark you looked at the the Raiders with Josh McDaniels and them trying to get that spark like that. 
that that works for for a little bit that spark kind of happens when you do it maybe that's what they're going for maybe they think if they fire they're going to get that interim spark you know but um <laughs> i don't think del rio was the problem necessarily but he might not be the solution and that's okay but i think it's something where you move off at the end of the year i don't think you do it at this point in the season so uh, whether you do it now or later i guess i don't really i don't think it changes much um but just the timing of it i'm just not not a fan of i guess yeah, fair enough. I mean, honestly, if they were going to get rid of him in the season, they should have done it when they let up 40-some points to the Bears in that Thursday night game. That's yeah, really when they should have moved off of yeah. him. But. Yeah, or after the trade deadline, like, listen, guy, we're getting rid of your yeah. two best players, so we're just going to, you know, send you on your way as well because obviously we're yeah. punting on this season, trying to reset. But, you know, they wait, obviously, till a Thanksgiving smackdown, and, you know, he gets to spend his holidays unemployed. So that's great, right? Got to love that. Um, yeah, speaking of unemployed, another shock through the NFL with another head coach who has been fired and 11 weeks or 11 games in to his first year as the Panthers head coach, um, the Panthers have fired head coach Frank Reich. This was, you maybe could have seen this coming. Obviously the Panthers are the worst team in the league so far, a one in 10 record. Haven't really been playing well at all due to a lot of different factors, um, but they decide to not even let him finish out the year. Uh, what do you make of this? Yeah, this is a, a little wild. I'm not sure that the timing's really wrong. Their new owner, David Tepper, he is kind of temperamental. He's fired, but he owns like two different sports teams, including the Panthers. He's fired four head coaches in the last 18 months. Like, I, it's very weird. I don't think Frank Reich was really the problem there. Again, that organization, they gave up all that to go get their number one guy. He hasn't been playing like number one. He's a rookie. It's okay. Nothing against Bryce. I think he's going to be just fine. But, you know, I think you had you put too much expectation on making this move to go get your guy. You were never just a quarterback away. And even when you did get their quarterback, you gave up too much assets for him. So, um, this is just a knee-jerk reaction, trying to get, I guess, again, that spark for no reason, really. I don't know, not give the Bears the number one pick. Maybe they want to hope to win a game, but this is a, a, a little bit wild. And apparently, sources from Carolina are saying that, like, this is not the end. Like, they're going to make some giant roster moves coming up, you know, moves in the offseason. They're going to get rid of a lot more people than just Reich. He was just the first guy to fall, first domino. So that organization's in for a little whirlwind, and uh with that owner, I guess that's what's going to have to be. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't, I, I don't like. I get you're not happy with the season. You don't want to be one in ten, right? You don't want to have the worst record of the NFL. But you know, you, you did what you did to get the guy right. David Tepper wanted Bryce Young. That was his guy, right? I know there's, you know, obviously the speculation. There's a talk about, you know, Frank Reich. They wanted C.J. Stroud. He wanted Bryce Young. He kind of won out and, you know, got Bryce Young and, and, and things like that. I know he said in this conference that he actually didn't think that they were going to get Bryce Young. They were expecting to get C.J. Stroud. They thought the Texans would trade up and get him. You know, it worked out to where they obviously traded up and they had their choice of who they wanted. They went with Bryce Young. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he said they're still confident in that pick. Um, so that's out there. I'm glad he's standing behind that pick because I still believe in it as well. But you got to look at what, obviously, you know, he doesn't really have any weapons, right? No weapons, not offensive line. I still would have. I'm, I'm not out on Bryce Young. I'm, I am still disappointed. I wasn't expecting him to be 
you know, to win the division or anything like that. But I, I still expected just because of the player I think he is to elevate, you know, his team, like who saw he did with Bama last year, and he hasn't been able to do that. So that has been disappointing. But to to fire head coach not even a, a year into it, like that's just terrible because one, you're gonna have to come in, you're hindering Bryce's young development, right? Because now he's gonna have an interim head coach, a new office all new quarterback coach. All the different stuff, they're making all these changes, right? So he's going to have to, you know, finish out the rest of the year. And then you're going to get a new head coach for next year. There's going to be a new, a new system, a new play, but all this different stuff that he's going to have to relearn and do all that with who knows what you're, you're going to be able to put around him. Like you're kind of hindering him that way, right? You didn't even give him time. Well, look, look what, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, right? His first year, they were not good. They had the first overall pick. Right. So just and now they're eight and three. Right. They're winning their division. They have a shot at, at number one seed in the AFC. Right. It takes time. And I get it that we're in this, you know, in this day and age with like instant gratification. Like we need to win. We need to win now. If it's not winning now, we have to move on. But like it doesn't work in the NFL. Like it, if you want to do it right, you're going to have to lose before you're going to win. And it's it's unfortunate that this is going to happen to Bryce Young because this is one of those things that happen with somebody's career where all these changes are happening around him. The organization doesn't support the young the young star quarterback well enough, and they're not able to you know take advantage of his career, and his career kind of falls by the wayside. Right? Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully they're able to kind of figure it out. But I'm I'm more concerned about the development for Bryce Young than anything. And um, obviously, that's what I think is going to take the biggest hit there. I don't necessarily think this solves anything. Who's going to take that job? I don't know. But that's that's kind of where I'm at. I just I feel bad for Bryce Young because the team hasn't put anybody around him, and obviously, you know, <laughs> it's just it's just tough to have your coach fired. You know little almost towards the end of the season, you know, still like what five or seven weeks left. So we're still kind of in there, but to have your head coach fired like that, it's just tough. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is crazy. And even urban Myers, you know, that the story that Jacksonville used urban Myers lasted longer than this. This is insane. Um, I'm going to use another example, like uh, Baker Mayfield, right? He had to learn all of those systems. It ruined his confidence. Baker, you know, Baker, the first three years, he looked good. Like he was trending up. He finished that year that they went to playoffs. He finished as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And then they hired a new guy and they kept changing systems on him. And all of a sudden he had no confidence. And now, you know, Baker's a shell of what he could have been. I still think Baker's a very good quarterback when given the times, but like, I'm hoping this doesn't affect Bryce Young in that, you know, I don't want another Baker where it's not the player, it's the system around him. That's just failed him over and over again and ruined him. So, you know, I hope that Bryce Young's coming out because as much as I didn't like Bryce Young at number one, I still think Bryce Young is a very good quarterback and can do things in this league. And, you know, admittedly, whenever you're talking about the instant gratification, like it is, if you're that kind of person, which David Tepper seems he is, it's tough when you see how good CJ is, is playing. Like, I honestly believe if CJ isn't playing to the level of that he's playing right now, which is just insane, just for any quarterback in the league to play at that level, let alone in your rookie season, right? Yeah. If, if CJ isn't playing that way, like if the Texans are about, you know, four and eight or three and seven or whatever it is, like they're just a barely above the Panthers. I don't think this happens, but 
I think that I think that because you're you're that instant gratification, that knee jerk person, when you see that, that just you know accelerates it even more. Like, oh, listen, that look what he's doing. Like, we got to get it right. Obviously, they can't punt on the quarterback. They just traded for him. Like, no trade up to get him. So they have to keep with him, which they said he did. But I think that's also what what has led to it is is CJ Stroud's success as he's balling out this year. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking of a quarterback, Chase, the New York Jets have officially opened the 21-day practice window for Aaron Rodgers to come back and practice. He he practiced today. He was on the field practicing with the team, had the red jersey on, throwing balls, practicing with the team. That is insane. Chase, what is is he going to come back for real? Gosh, I mean, I you know what? I hope he doesn't for his sake. I don't think this Jets team can make the playoffs anymore. There's other teams that emerged, right? The Broncos, the Texans, the Colts. Those teams are, you know, better than we thought they were, kind of knocking the Jets down. But, man, that would what a story that Aaron Rodgers could do coming back after, what is it, 79 days, I think? 79 days ago he tore his ACL or something like that. It is insane. Or not ACL, sorry, Achilles. He tore his Achilles. Aaron Rodgers is a superhuman. I mean, it's just nuts. And, uh, you know, even even an injured Aaron Rodgers, because obviously coming back, he's not 100%. He'll never be 100% again. But I don't even think he's back. You know, if he plays this year, he's not going to be back to what he could be next year. But even if he comes back, he makes those Jets so much better. He's such a good quarterback. This would be insane. I kind of want him to come back just a little bit as an Aaron Rodgers fan. Man, what a story. Like, you know, a big... Uh, F you to all the people, the medicine, right? That he's all about, you know, do your own research type thing. But just, oh man, this would be an awesome thing for the NFL to have Aaron Rodgers back. So, I mean, I want him back for my fantasy team because I I, I went in with Garrett Wilson early because <laughs> I was expecting that duo to be lights out this year. Please. And obviously, you know, Garrett Wilson, had, he's done okay for what he's been stuck with but with Aaron Rodgers so coming in there Aaron Rodgers come back right with the start of the fantasy playoffs going back Rod that's all I'm hoping for coming back do I think he should come back no like I think it's you know longevity career rise I think it would be I, I know he wants to come back and prove you know it has this thing like you said you know the fastest person to recover from a you know do all the different stuff so I'm, I, 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 at this point, if he's, if he's practicing, I don't see, I don't see how he's not going to actually come back and play any game. Like, I really, I really don't. I honestly didn't think it was going to happen, but the fact that he's practicing, I, I really don't see, I don't see how he doesn't come back. Um, because I don't think that this organization is going to tell him no. I don't no. think they're, they've given in to every single one of his demands. He was their de facto GM this off season, right? You know, you, for whatever that's worth. Uh, I don't think they have the balls to sit there and, and tell him no. I don't think they do. Yeah. I think if he says, listen, I'm coming back, I think they roll over and they let him come back. Now, whether does if that's if he gets re-injured, if he does something else, if it's more serious, you know, that's going to be on them. Uh, so as an organization standpoint, I don't think they should let him come back. I think you just shelve it, especially by the time he comes back, you're going to be wo- – you're going to be out of play. Let's just be honest. Like there's, there's no joking, you know, there's no kidding around and saying like, Oh, hopefully you're going to be able to make it. I just, I don't see it at this point. Right. The offense is in shambles and it has been this entire time. They've been lucky to win the games that they have. Uh, so as an organization standpoint, I think it'd be stupid to let them come back. 
but at this point, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't think at all it was going to happen before. I'm like 75% sure that it is going to happen. I think in three or four weeks for the last three games, I do think we'll see him suit up. Yeah. Yeah. And the sad part is, is the only thing that he does coming back is he comes back gives them a chance to win games and ruins their draft Scott stock. Right. You know, sit down, lose out, you know, it's, it's recover, say you can practice, but you don't, you know, you know, big deal. You're not in the playoffs. You don't want to risk re-injury, right? That's not a cop out. That's truth, right? You're not in the playoffs. There's no reason really to come back. Don't, don't stress it any more than it has to be. And go, go get a left tackle, a right tackle, a guard, you know, beef up that offensive line. So this doesn't happen next year and do your stuff next year, right? You're coming back next year already. So let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. I you think of like you got to be planning for next year. Like you could have a very mid, low to mid round pick, right? Which is yeah. not something you're expecting to have. So you make the most of it, right? I'll always, always, when that happens, bring up what happened with the 49ers and Jimmy G and how they got Nick Bosa, right? Yeah. You can use it to your advantage, right? You know, unfortunate seasons can turn into drafting incredible franchise changing players. The Jets should take advantage of that, right? You have the not best excuse, but you have a great excuse. You went on Aaron Rodgers. He got injured Achilles the first week of the season, like and the rest of the season is, is what happens, right? You have kind of a built in kind of, you know, injured, right? So you can kind of spin it to where, you know, they didn't fail. They just weren't able to have the team they put together um, and spin it that way. But instead, you know, um, they might risk something, more than that so i think that's a good point so we'll see we'll see what happens but i'm not going to be shocked if we see aaron Rodgers number eight show up and and suit up here in, in a couple weeks right but uh yeah at four and seven that's gonna be a tough one yes but uh that wraps up the league news let's go ahead and dive in to do some quick recaps here chase so it was thanksgiving week we had games on Thursday, had games on Friday, games on Sunday, game on Monday. Four great day games of football. And let's go ahead and recap with Thanksgiving. Chase, big win here for your Packers. Let's go ahead and dive on in and take us through that game. Yeah, so this was this was insane. From the minute the minute the Green Bay offense got that football, they were in control of the game. There was no no uh point in the game where the Lions really had control of their Lions you know they started to come back at the end but Green Bay still kind of controlled it it was insane a huge win for this Matt LaFleur uh, Jordan Love era right this is probably their best win as a team together they played really good on all aspects right um, I don't want to get too much into the star of the game because I'm going to talk about him a little bit later but uh Christian Watson after you know all of Packer Twitter's bashing on him he had that huge play the op uh, opening First, first play of the game, huge 50-yard catch. You know, that uh, gave me flashbacks to last season when Aaron Rodgers went to hit him deep at Minnesota and he drops the ball. This one he caught, you know, it kind of set the tempo for the rest of the game. Jordan Reed got in the end zone. Dobbs did some big catches, not in the end zone. I, even our defense got in there. Rashawn Gary lit it up. He had three sacks, a strip, you know, two strips, uh, four pressures, QB hit. Jonathan Owens, right, picked up the ball, returned that 32-yard uh, touchdown. So the Green Bay looked good on all aspects and kind of gave me hope. I honestly think there's a way that Green Bay can make the playoffs here with a couple other teams, you know, like Seattle Seahawks have, are not looking too good. We'll talk about them in just a second. They got a rough schedule coming up. Green Bay kind of, he's got, got maybe a, a tougher game this, uh, this week and then kind of easy the rest of the way. So I'm looking forward to these Packer games again. 
Yeah, uh, that was, I mean, a great game by by the Packers. That was honestly kind of like the flip of what happened. So when they first played right with the Lions and the Packers, that game was kind of flipped where in that game, you know, the the Detroit Lions defense specifically was just all over the offense. The offense could not do anything. That was back when the offensive line wasn't working. They were just rushing forward and getting pressure. Like the offense just could not do anything. Flip it here. The offense for a large part of that game was unstoppable. And the Packers defense look like the best defense in the league against that Lions offense. Like the Lions defense or the Lions offense could not get anything going for a large majority of that time. It really wasn't until, you know, they were in desperation though, where they were just kind of leaving all out there. They were able to kind of pick up yards and pick up points and stuff like that towards the end. But honestly, after once the first half was done, the, the game was never really in question. Like I never once thought like, Oh, here's, you know, the Lions have a shot at coming back. Cause every time they got in position to do it, they either turned the ball over um, you know, was sacked, you know, stuff like that. It's where the Packers defense really, really stepped up. So really impressive by the Packers. Jordan Love as well had his best career game as a Packer as well, which I know we'll get into. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, great, great game. And it is, it was disappointing because I thought, um, I thought this would be the year, this would be the year the Lions would finally win on Thanksgiving, right? Where they're at this season playing well, Already having that one game over the Packers, thinking like, listen, we dominated them before, like we can do it again. But Green Bay stepped up, punched them in the mouth, and said, no, sir, we, we are eating the turkey legs today. And they came on and put it on a show. And, um, yeah, really dominated from start to finish. So, really impressive win by the Packers. Yeah. Yeah, I was – I was started off my holiday weekend really, really, really well. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, that's, kind of, that's why I always always get, get – um, that's the one thing, you know, I'm concerned about every year is that the Chiefs going to play on Thanksgiving because, like, that's my favorite holiday. Like, I couldn't go through, could it, like, <laughs> I don't know what I would do if they lose that game on Thanksgiving. That would just, <sighs> that would just destroy me. Um, I would have to, I guess, um, join the Lions fans, ask them how they, how they get used to it. At this point, they're just used to it. Like, yeah, Thanksgiving, whatever, we're losing. They don't, they don't budge on that. So, I guess you kind of get used to it. But, um, great game for sure. Um, another great game here is going to be the Commanders taking on the Dallas Cowboys, which was kind of close for a, a good amount of that game, um, where it was like twenty to ten heading into late in the third quarter. And then all of a sudden, the the Cowboys just kind of flipped the switch, um, went in and scored, um, and then we have the Defensive Player of the Year, Deron Bland with a record-setting fifth pick six. Um, and that just kind of put the dagger in it and sealed it away. Uh, it was a legendary, legendary player, right? It's going to go down in NFL history. He set the record, right? What's crazy to think, Chase, so we're only 12 weeks in. We've still got, what, five, six weeks left to go? He can, he can add on to it. Like, he's got it now. Yeah. I don't see him stop it. I think he could probably have another one or two or three at the rate he's going. And you can really put that record to out of reach from, from another player and cement himself. I said before when we talked last week when I had given him uh, my game ball uh, was that if he sets this record, I think he should win Defensive Player of the Year. And the next week he went up and he did it, and he's got my vote. If I had a vote, I think no matter what happens the rest of the season, I think you're, you would set an NFL record of pick sixes. I think that should be rewarded with defensive player of the year. 
Yeah, no, I'm with you. He's my defensive player of the year. These Cowboys, you know, it that that first quarter is it, halfway into the second quarter. I'm like, whoa, this, you know, this is going to be a good game. And then all of a sudden, the Mike McCarthy led Cowboys, which you know, I've been talking a lot of crap on Mike McCarthy. He's been calling good plays. Like the, these Cowboys look almost better than what they did last year. The offense has. They finally got the run game going this game. They they threw the ball at will, kind of. You know, CD kind of opened up the second half. He didn't have anything in the first half. That fourth quarter was all Cowboys all the time with the Deron Bland pick six as defense player of the year. And I honestly, you know, call me crazy, but I've been saying it. The Cowboys have the defense player of the year. They also have the MVP throwing that football. Dak is playing some of the best football in the league. He's my MVP vote right now. So I think they could they could do the three-peat. You know, I could, you know, they won't do it, but you could make a case for CeeDee Lamb offense player of the year too. So they, the Cowboys are just humming everywhere. Yeah, I mean it's that would be um that would be that would be crazy. But um, you know, what we say with the Cowboys is the Cowboys always um play well against bad teams. Still don't have a win this season against a team over five hundred. Um they finally get a shot here next week against the, the Seahawks, which is kinda of, eh. But um that's um always kind of a, a caveat here with the Dallas Cowboys. As you know, I'm always harping on them for not winning the big games or winning the important games or winning games against teams with, with winning records. That's kind of been their, um, their motto, um, you know, their MO um, throughout kind of my life for the past couple of 10 years, and especially with Dak Prescott's career. Yeah, no, I, and I understand that, you know, they, they got the three losses. Really the only loss that was really bad was the like bad score wise was the 49ers, right? They got punched in the mouth, couldn't do anything. The Cardinals game, they overlooked the Cardinals. You know, Dak didn't have a good game. The Eagles game, they played, you know, that was just a classic game. One of the best in the NFL this year. And they can't, you know, five point game. So they get a rematch with the Eagles coming up. But other than that, they have a pretty, pretty nice schedule to make a nice run for it. So. Yeah, I think, I think securely, I think you, I mean, they're going to have a, uh, I think they'll be the five seed for sure, right? There's, you know, you can argue they still might be able to get in there and win the division if really things go catastrophic for the Eagles. Um, but the Eagles really only have two games left on their schedule that I would consider hard games uh, that they come up here, obviously against Dallas and this weekend against 49ers. Other than that, they've got a super easy schedule. Still have to play the Giants twice play the Cardinals. So um, the, the Cowboys are going to need um, obviously rooting for themselves to win the 49ers to win. And then maybe one of those crazy upsets to happen where, you know, maybe the giants or something are able to get them other than that, looking like walking in the five seed. Um, but yeah, but dominate, dominating game, obviously, you know, the Cowboys do that against teams like, like the commander. So not, not surprising there at all. Um, the Thursday night game with San Francisco taking on their division rivals in Seattle. And that was just, uh, I was I was just very disappointed in this game because coming into the season I thought this was going to be one of the better games. I was excited about this game, uh, and I the Geno show I think has run its course. Um, as much as I you know I'm I'm a fan of Geno, I think he played really well last year. Um, just this year he just hasn't been he hasn't hasn't been playing right to what he played last year, um, and so the Geno show kind of run out. We, we've seen it here. It was a very poor performance against the dominating 49ers defense. The 49ers could do literally whatever they wanted throughout that entire game. And Seattle just really didn't have a chance. I mean, they only scored on that pick six, really, against Brock Purdy there. 
Um, and you know, that was, he was just trying to keep it interesting for him. Um, and, uh, but the, the buck kind of stops there with Geno. So disappointing that I, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, yeah. So I just, I, I'm, I'm sad because I, I really like Gino. I thought, I didn't know if he was going to be the long-term answer, but the short-term we're like kind of rebuilding. I'm not mad about it, but I think with the quarterback class this year, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of focus in and kind of look at who they want. Um, you know, as far as the quarterback goes, because I think Seattle is probably going to hit a stretch here where they're not going to win too many of the remainder of their games. Um, I think they've been kind of lucky to this point to get to the record that they have. Um, and they got some tough games coming up. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I think the only thing you could take away if you're a Seattle fan at all is that amazing catch that Jackson Smith Najigba had going down the sidelines. You know, that ball didn't move. He hit his hand and it was like glued there. It was incredible. But other than that, right, this is a too good of a QB class. You have too good wide receivers. You have too good of an offense, honestly, with your offensive line. I know it's been a little shaky, but it looked really good last year. You got a lot of young pieces there. Your wide receiver corpse, your two running backs, Charbonnet and Walker. You know, you got it. You got to make that change. I love Gino. His story is incredible. I mean, he's such a humble guy. I, you know, one of my favorite players to root for, but you've got to make the decision that's best for your club. You can't, you can't uh, stick with these personalities like Gino all the time when they're not winning games. So, and props to the 49ers. They're, you know, they're the best. They're back from what their little three, three game hiatus they, they took. They're back to showing you what they can do. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah, I mean, just looking at, yeah, I mean, 49ers are the 49ers, you know, not shocking at all, but we're talking about the, the Seahawks. I mean, they just got a brutal stretch, right? So, obviously, San Francisco, now they have to do the Cowboys. Then they have to take on San Francisco again. Then they have to take on the Eagles. <laughs> so, you're going up against four of those teams, you know, two of them, you know, one of them team twice, but on that stretch, right? I mean, you know, realistically, I don't see them winning any of those games. So, and then they're going to be six and eight here by the end of that run. And they had to finish up against Tennessee, against Pittsburgh and against Arizona. So they could win one of those games or two of those games, depending on where they're at. Uh, so it's looking about probably, I'd say they're only probably going to win maybe one or two more games. You're looking at like an eight win season, not terrible, obviously, but not where you want to be. I mean, they could still win, make the playoffs with where, with how the, you know, how low the NFC is, right? They're really going to be pretty much competing against um, the Vikings, Packers, and the Rams. And there's two spots, right? So there's two spots. So I think yeah. the last two seeds of the of the NFC, the sixth and seventh seed, I think will either be one of these four teams. It'll be the Seahawks, it'll be the Vikings, it'll be the Rams, and it'll be the Packers. Um, and so it'll be one of yeah. those one of those four teams, I think. And so. They can still get in there, but it's going to be one of those things where most likely going to have to match up with the 49ers again if they get in probably, um, and it'll just be tough. So, yeah, out, out on the Seahawks, and so unfortunate, um, you know, their season kind of is. But I do think that they look, um, like you said, do the best thing for their franchise. And I think, you know, Gino, they gave Gino a shot. It's not that he doesn't have a talent around him. He does. They've no. got good, good running backs. They've got good wide receivers. So you, so you can't blame, you know, you can't blame the talent around them, right? At some point, you just kind of have to look at, um, at who it is. And I think they're finally starting to write back on them. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, but they are. I agree. All right. All right. The first ever Black Friday game. The only good thing about Black Friday um, was that we had a football game to enjoy. 
there was the Miami Dolphins taking on the New York Jets. Another one where it was exciting at the beginning of the year because you thought this was going to be, you know, kind of looking at, obviously, you know, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, you know, Tua, Tyreek and the Dolphins. But the division game, buying for, you know, positioning in that division, winning the division, uh, AFC playoff seedings, right? And obviously with the Aaron Rodgers injury and how the Jets have been, that wasn't like that. And so we still got a good game, though. Uh, you know, a fun game there, obviously. Well, if you're a Dolphins fan, it was fun. If you're a Jets fan, not so much. We kind of think you just kind of accepted it here um, at this point here. Chase, what were your thoughts here on that Black Friday game? Yeah, um, you know what? Even though it was kind of a blowout and not the exciting game, it was fun to have football on a Friday, right? All the high schools are done. You can finally put football. Uh, you know, the, the players probably don't like this, but I'd be game for more Friday football. This was awesome. You know, uh, you know, it's kind of a weird start time, but everyone was off. So it, was, it does, you know, that was okay. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was fun to, you know, not have to wait all that time to get back into football. You start it Thursday on Thanksgiving. You had football Thursday. You had this uh, uh, game Friday, which had some really good plays in it. Like it was a blowout game. Really wasn't that exciting to watch per se, but it had a couple of plays where you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to talk about one of them later on. But insane then you had the rivalry week which is the best week of college football and then you had sunday football like this was perfect i exactly what holidays weekend needed yeah i mean this is the i mean the best week you know weekend of football just hands down you know thanks is that thanksgiving just the amount of football there and the the games that need to be played especially at the college level with the rivalry week right um just just fantastic you know i walked away from that game thinking that the Jets are stupid and that the Dolphins can beat bad teams. I didn't really take anything away from it except the fact that I have no idea how I have no idea how Tim Boyle exists in the NFL. He has done nothing in his entire career ever at any stage of his career post high school to warrant being a starting quarterback in, in the NFL. Yes. I just I am flabbergasted. I don't have to, I don't know how to do it. I just don't know what to think. I'm just really this season. I never. I'm not. I don't like hate Robert Sala by any means. I don't root against him, but I do question his decision making as a head coach um, after this season, um, based on what what happened after after the Aaron Rodgers debacle. The decisions that they've made have not been to put their team in the best position to win, and so I do. I do question his decision making. Uh, I like him as a guy. He seems like a good guy. Great defense coordinator with the 49ers. Um, but his decision-making is kind of head coach and leader of the team, I definitely question. Yeah, especially when you had a quarterback, right? You didn't have to punt the season away, which basically they did. But you had a quarterback, like we talked about earlier, Aaron Rodgers was planning on coming back. He told them, hey, I'm coming back. All you have to do is get in playoff consideration. Like, was a fourth round for Josh Dobbs really that much? Like, Josh Dobbs puts you in playoff consideration with this defense. Like, this defense, you know, it still looked good against that that uh, great, I say, with emphasis you know we don't know how good that offense is for the Miami Dolphins they're kind of good against the really bad teams but you know they had two picks right they they kind of you know didn't just let them have their will until the game was until they realized they didn't have a quarterback on the other side but like there were some things that could have been done to to keep this team at least afloat until your quarterback got in and they just chose to to ride the course and this is what they get yep no absolutely well um that wraps up the special you know holiday you know games for thursday and friday we go to the sunday games um here uh some good sunday games some really really good sunday games right so um what we'll go ahead and go in here um let's talk about um we'll recap that 
Jacksonville and Houston game here real quick. This was for a, a shot at number one, you know, in the division on the line, went down to a nail bar, uh, uh, a doink, right? A doink away from, from going oh. into overtime. Who knows what happens, but um, both teams, I think played really well. I think this was a ref show where the refs got way too involved. They missed some calls, very bad calls that, that one, uh, interception that Trevor threw, they completely missed that holding call or, you know, passing interference call. Yeah. Um, and then I felt like on the other end, I think they realized it. So I thought they were being tic-tac against the Texans with some makeup calls um, that led them, you know, to win the game and, you know, to where Jacksonville could win the game. That being said, you know, Houston still had every chance to kind of go in there and, and still win the game. And, you know, at the end they could do it. Um, but man, I just, honestly, I just, I walk out of that feeling so much, I walk out of that feeling so good about the tech. It's like, yeah, you know, Jags, you know, won the game, you know, they pretty much locked up the division barring anything disastrous happening. I just feel, you know, with where the Texans are at, what, what this year was expected to be from the Texans, right. What we all thought was going to happen versus what it is now. I just, I feel so good about it moving forward, you know, for these next couple of years to come to see what they're able to build. Yeah, no, I, I, um, this was one of the weird ones where I, uh, watching this game, I'm like, man, both of these teams are going to be very, very good for a long time, right? These guys, you know, CJ Stroud, TJ, uh, TJ, CJ Stroud and Trevor Lawrence, we're going to see that duo play twice a year for the next, you know, five, six years. Like this is going to be much, much, must watch TV, which we haven't had from the AFC South, like kind of ever, really. We haven't had two rivals like this clash, you know, like this ever. So this is really good for football. Really awesome. Uh, it's kind of disappointing that the Texans don't have a first round pick to build off of this year, right? They traded that to go up and get Will Anderson. So they, they don't have that, that first round pick where they can kind of build off, you know, continuously get better. But um, I, yeah, th this team and CJ Stroud is, uh, gotta be the, one of the best rookie quarterbacks. I think the only quarterback that he even comes close was Justin Herbert's here and they're just doing more winning because the chargers are cursed. So it's, it's insane. I mean, yeah, the, this is one I picked the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are the better team right now, but these both, they got their coaches locked in. They got their quarterbacks locked in. They just got to figure out a, a couple of spots that don't really matter. I mean, not don't matter, but aren't as important as that. Like uh, this is going to be some good football for years. No, absolutely. Just a, just a correction on that. So they actually do have a first round. They have Cleveland's first round that they got from the Deshaun Watson trade. Oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. So they just don't have they, theirs. They don't have theirs, right? They traded that gotcha. to go up, but they do have their first round pick, which will be um, Cleveland's pick. So okay. they're rooting yep. for Cleveland to lose because they'll get whatever they'll get whatever that pick is. So. Um, awesome. so, oh, still, so, still, so still, so still, so still set Wowzer. up, awesome. um, awesome. really, really well. So they're able to go up and trade to get Will Anderson, but still have a first round pick, which I think is probably what they, why they were able to do that, why they yeah. went ahead and felt comfortable doing that is because they knew they already had, you know, a first round pick. So instead of two first in 2024, they used it for 2023. So they just kind of swapped same that. Difference. So, yeah. So same difference really. Um, but, um. So yeah, so they just get um, you know they'll get whatever Cleveland's pick is this year. So they're they're set up for a lot of success moving forward. Oh yeah, wow, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I forgot about. I, I for some reason that Deshaun Watson trade seems so far. It's, you know, it does. No, I'm I'm, I'm with you because yeah. when you said that, it's like wait a minute, 
I think they do have. It. I had to check real quick to make sure. Um, I think this is the last, <laughs> the last first last year. that they have, like the last okay. year of that deal. So, um, oh, awesome. That's that's even better for the Texans. Then you know they're a fun so, team to root for. You know, I don't yeah, think anyone super. has any bad blood against yeah. them. Maybe the Panthers fans, but <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. The Panthers yeah. beat them, so let's <laughs> throw one away. Um, but um, so yeah, so there's that. Um, let's go ahead and go on to Kansas City taking on their AFC rivals in Las Vegas. They walk away with the win 31-17. to A couple cool things happening here with this game here, Chase. So uh, a couple records were broken here by Kansas City. So Travis Kelsey becomes the fastest tight end to, uh, to 11,000 yards in NFL history. And with the win, Andy Reid becomes the most winningest head coach in Chiefs franchise history officially passing um, Hank Stram, but also is the first coach in NFL history to be the winningest coach for two different franchises. So he's the most winningest coach for the Chiefs as well as the Eagles. Um, never been done before. Crazy that everywhere he's gone, he's won. That's what he does. He, he wins, plays consistently. Obviously wasn't able to win the big one um, in, in, um, in Philadelphia. Only was able to win it whenever he got, uh, you know, his golden goose in Patrick Mahomes. Yes, it was the missing piece to the Andy Reid puzzle. Um, you know, he's got two of the, two of them now, um, but officially becomes two um, the winningest um, head coach in two different franchises. So, congrats to Coach Reed, and congrats to the Big Yeti Travis Kelsey. Yes, yes, those are those are awesome. You know, the, uh, awesome little stats, and, the, and you know, uh, I can't even put into words right now. They're the winningest coach in two different franchises. You know, most of the time you have winning coaches and they stay in that franchise. And then when they leave, they're not good anymore, right? They leave and they're on their farewell tour. And then they do like a year somewhere and then they retire. It's amazing that he was still at the peak, right? He or really hadn't peaked yet when he went, became the most winningest coach in Philadelphia. And they went to uh, Kansas City and he won there, but he couldn't get over that hump. You know, gets the the savior of Kansas City, savior of Andy Reid, really, you know, uh, it, take away the, you know, this is a cool stat, but I, I'm sure he'll tell you too. you know, take away those two Super Bowls and the winningest coaches don't matter. Right. They measure them in wins in the big ones, not the wins, in the little ones. So this is awesome for him. Uh, awesome to Travis Kelsey. He's still playing like this. You know, he seems to run routes like he's 40. I know he's only like 32 or 33, but man, he's seeing him out there. I know he's not slow, but it's like, man, I, I wonder if I'm faster than him. And I'm definitely not. But like <laughs> that guy just looks slower than every, and then everyone else looks slower than him. So it's crazy, but it, it's awesome. Get, let's get into the game game now, right? The Raiders game. I was a little worried there, Garrett. 14-0, Raiders came out. You know, kind of, I was thinking, man, interim head coach, Raiders, the best team in the league. They really are. And then Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid kind of do what they do and beat the Raiders. Yeah, so, so yeah, um, honestly, so it was weird because, you know, obviously the offense kind of, I think they only had like four, four plays in the first quarter. Four or seven, like something like yes. that, All right? Because it was weird. Because like we've had like the be one of the best defenses in the league, and all of a sudden the the Raiders' offense is able to go down and put together potentially three scoring drives. Right? They missed a field goal, a thirty yard field goal, so we should have been down yeah. seventeen to zero. Right? Yeah. Luckily they missed. And, you know, we're only down fourteen to zero. Obviously, Josh Jacobs popped off and had that huge run, obviously of sixty three yards. So that you know, you know, you know, a, a huge yeah. chunk. So that inflates a little bit. But that first drive, I mean, Aiden O'Connell was just cutting up that defense i was like are you freaking kidding me i was like whatever 
or whatever, seven points, it's fine. And then we go out, can't do anything. And they break off that run. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then can't do it. No. So then, you know, and they blocked it. The, they, they missed the field goal. And then I'm like, oh, good. We come back and we don't do anything. And they pop off that run. And I'm like, it's already 14 to zero. We've had the ball for like a total of two minutes because we can't do anything yeah. on offense. I was like, when are we going to pick this up? Um, and then boom, they, they turn it on um, and go up and they put up, you know, 30, you know, what, 28 unanswered points. You know, against them, finally scoring in the second half, scored two touchdowns in the second half. Um, we have not scored in, in it was like since October, October twenty second, I think was the last time we had scored in the points in the second half. So like three games that we haven't been able to score in the second half, um, and we we're able to do it here. Now I'm not, you know, good game, great game. I'm not, I'm not saying this offense is fixed. I'm not saying okay, we're back. I, I. I fell into that trap whenever we did that against the Chargers when we dominated the Chargers. I thought, oh, the Chiefs are back. Here we go. And they just disappeared again. So, you know, good win on the road, division team. This is the game that we should win. I need to see this more consistently, right? I need to see this here on Sunday night in Lambeau to see this consistency to where I'm going to believe that, okay, the Chiefs are back. Because if we can put that together, if that's the game we can play every single week, week in, week out, we're going to win the Super Bowl. 100%. If we play like that week in and week out um, offensively, you haven't been able to do it consistently. So we'll see what happens. Um, but overall, I mean, good game, beat up a division rival in the Raiders that, you know, for, for all the, that, the noise and kind of stuff that they made this season still aren't a very good team. Uh, so, you know, good win. I'm not going to say it's impressive. Uh, we did what we should do finally. And, uh, you know, good, good win. All wins are good. Um, but I'm still, I'm still not fully on the, okay, you know, the Chiefs offense is fixed and we're back yet. No, I, I'm with you. Um, I do want to, one thing on the Chiefs offense I want to highlight is Rashid Rice. Um, when we were there, when they picked him, I was a little, you know, with some of the other wide receivers still on the board, I was like, man, getting that SMU guy, you know, not, you know, not really the most, athletic or not you know he didn't have one trait where he excelled at in the combine or the draft you know uh, processing but uh first 100 yard game from a wide receiver this year and I think I read somewhere correct me if I'm wrong but I think this is the first uh regular season 100 yard game since Tyreek Hill from a wide receiver I think MVS hit it in the playoffs but I don't think you had anyone last year hit 100 yards so this is the first one since Tyreek Hill regular season so that's a big deal Rashid Rice Sorry, and the first rookie wide receiver since 2007 when Dwayne Bowen went wow. over 100 yards. So, because Tyreek Hill's yeah. rookie year, he only got about 500 yards. Yeah. So, you know, only half that. So, I, that was obviously before he popped off. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, on, really, the Chiefs with wide receivers, why, besides Tyreek Hill, like, we haven't had, <laughs> we haven't had no. anybody. It's been a struggle for a long time. I remember one year with Alex Smith, but I think we went the entire season without yes. a touchdown to a wide receiver. Like, yes. What the freak? So, yeah, yeah. you know, always, always so. struggle with, with wide receivers kind of, um, it's just kind of a weird thing. Um, yeah. but, um, Rasheed Rice is, is good. I will say this. It's, I, I've been, I've been, you know, for a long time saying we need to keep going to him, right? If you've listened yes. to this podcast, I've long time ago, I've saying feed Rasheed Rice because when he touches the ball, good things happen. We kept giving the ball to MBS. We kept giving the ball to Sky Moore. We kept giving the ball to Jamal. All of these other guys that, you know, are hit and miss. Or miss most of the time MBS, um, and it, so it's amazing what happened. So the the three touch leaders of this game were Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, and Isaiah Pacheco. 
the three best, you know, besides Mahomes, the three best skill positions we have on offense. And what happens? We put up 31 points and we dominate and we win. Crazy that happens whenever you focus on feeding your best players the ball. So I'm hopeful that they're like, okay, listen, this is what we did. This worked. This is what we need to do. Rasheed Rice has shown us what he's capable of now. We got to get going. So if if they focus on this, if this becomes a game plan week in and week out to focus on getting those three players the ball, the most touches, obviously you're going to have to get some other people's. They're going to get open. You're going to have to get like a Jalen Watson touchdown, which is a good touchdown as well. He got rocked. He got up, found a plate. So that was awesome. So you're going to have to get other guys the ball. I'm not saying you can't give anybody else the ball. Whenever you make those three the focus, look what happens. I don't think you can go wrong. No, no, I, and I agree. I was a little worried about, you know, your wide receivers coming into this game having – I mean, I know they're not studs or anything, but uh, McCole, uh, McCole Hardman and Kadarius Tony out for injury this game. Getting down 14-0, I'm like, man, Pat's going to start winging it to Watson, who I, I really dislike. I don't know. Pat's got like a – I love relationship going with him, throwing the football to him, really loves to target him. Then Rashid Rice, who I think, you know, you've been preaching. I enjoy, you know, the, the I think it was like week about four. I think it's Jets game. He took that screen, busted up the side. You know, he got tackled at like the two-yard line, but he took the screen right up the sideline. I'm like, man, that's the guy you want the ball in your hands. And they, they finally figured it out, stopped pulling in Arthur Smith and started giving their ball to their best players. So I was, you know, happy about that. He looked great. Yeah. So yeah. So that was a that was a fun one for sure. Um, so glad that they were able to to, to get the win on that one. Um, let's go to another big game. This was probably the biggest game of the week. Um, um, surprised that this one wasn't something that they would have put on primetime, um, depending on you know the the two of these scenes. But it was the Buffalo Bills taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, where the Philadelphia Eagles get the win in overtime, thirty-seven to thirty-four. Chase, I know you got some thoughts on this one. Let's go nice. ahead and lay it out. Yeah, so this this game, a first, I'm not, you know, this game was phenomenal. You know, at Josh Allen masterclass, really. He went, you know, four hundred some total yards, four touchdowns, just looked amazing. That Bills defense, we'll talk about them later. They didn't do anything to help him, but man, can we let, let, let's have just an honest conversation about these refs, right? We've talked about it all year, all year long. You know how many games the Eagles have been flagged more than their opponent? One game. You know how many losses the Eagles have? One. It is getting a little wild. I mean, that that horse collar right in front of that ref that wasn't called is actually called the Bills for the Bills. You know, they lost yards there. They missed a field goal that takes points off the yeah, potential grounding to the ball. Away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but he get horse collar tackle. I mean, it's just insane. And Can then you horse collar the, from the front. Did you I, not see I, the I hand remember, on the back? I, I I remember seeing the front of his jersey was ripped, meaning that he would be getting dragged down from from the front. I don't know if you can horse collar for anyway. I no, no, no. He, he didn't interrupt your. He monologue. didn't get dragged down from the front because he's a man. He held on until they grabbed the back of his jersey. Oh, the the man that has a, a flopping reel, his own flopping the, highlights. LeBron, the James, man that has the anyway. most touchdowns in the NFL this year. But all right, we'll, we'll talk about that later. This is a personal thing we'll have to talk about off air. But no, the, the, the really wild thing to me is in overtime, A.J. Brown catches a ball, drops it, right? It, was, it wasn't even reviewed. It was a, you know, drop pass, whatever. They kick the field goal, win the game. And then the very next game, Keenan Allen does the exact same thing. They rule it a fumble. Like, oof. If Keenan Allen had had wings on his helmet, that would have been a drop pass, and the Chargers would have still had the ball there to kick a field. Like it is insane that the the disparity that the NFL gives these big teams, right? So you know, not just the Eagles. I think the Eagles are the favorite right now, but we've seen it in the past, right? For the Panthers, the Vikings got a lot of calls last year. Like let's just get some refs that are just 
I mean, I'm, and again, I'm not the NFL scripted. I don't think that that's not, not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there's, you know, there's some really poor refereeing going on in these games that are affecting the outcomes of these games way more than, we, than it should. We talked about the Titan or the Texans and the Jags. That was a really bad officiating games. I don't know if one, one team got more calls than the other, right? Cause we talked about the, the Jags got ripped off, right? They gave Houston that touchdown basically for free with that interception. Then all of a sudden that tank Dell 50 yard catch was a false start. Tyreek Hill does that 20 times a game, but this, game was was wild it was a really good one overtime is not josh allen's friend zero i think he's zero and seven in overtime games something like that zero and six yeah not even change the rules for him well yeah but he hasn't got there yet that's just playoff rules i know but still and then uh and i think we've been both saying this gabe davis is a bum that guy runs the wrong route on a potential game winner in overtime like you can't get worse than that. He he has he had that one three touchdown game against the Chiefs. And other than that, he hasn't done much. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I'll have more to say on that later. But just phenomenal game. But just a uh, a lot to be left by the refereeing. Yeah, I mean, I obviously you know refereeing you know is is, is playing its role and stuff. There were some definitely some missed calls um, against against the Eagles for sure. But at the end of the day the you know they have to so that kick that 59 yard kick was yes. incredible when you had Phenomenal. two un- uncharacteristic um false starting penalties right would have would have been a 49 kick you think okay well with those two false starts by jason kelsey uncharacteristic becomes a 59 yarder in that pouring rain and stuff you know miss it game's over you know he drills it with room to spare um yes. and then so that I mean that was great, honestly. So is, and then my this is, this is my my thing here. I want to touch. Well, I know we're gonna talk. We'll talk about the defense later on. No, so let me not be touched that touch that yet. But the offense with Joe Burrow is they're at twenty seconds left with some timeouts left. You're telling me that you're not going to take some shots in to try to get in the field goal range to win that game instead of taking it to overtime. Look what the Chiefs did in 13 seconds. You have 20 seconds. You have been playing dominate that game. You had really done anything you wanted against the Eagles defense. Like you're telling me you could not have gotten into at least that same range, if not more, for your kicker to kick a 59 yarder for just for a chance to to win it. If not, you know, we go to overtime, great. You know, live to see another day, but at least to get in there instead of I have a problem there with Sean McDermott um with, with that decision. I didn't like that decision. I think that's showing you don't have the confidence in your quarterback. Because I think he knows, listen, if Josh Allen could either make the big play or he could give the big play away and turn the ball over. Um, And so I don't think he showed confidence in his quarterback. Secondly, Josh Allen has lost two overtimes games this year so far, right? Against the Jets and against the Eagles. Both things in common are he had the ball first. He had the ball first in both of those games with a chance to go down and score and put the game away. And for one reason or another, he couldn't do it. So that's why I'm going to say, obviously, at the end of the day, refing was bad, but it's still the same shot at the same opportunity you had the chance to put the game away. Same thing with that playoff game against the Saints and the Rams. When that obvious passing interference wasn't called, went into overtime, Saints still had the ball first. They could have gone down and won the game, and you say, well, that was a bad call. It doesn't matter if we won. When you get the ball in overtime and you have a chance to win, you got to do it. At that point, I don't think you can put the blame on anybody else. I'm not putting all the blame on Josh Allen. He had an incredible game. 
But at, at some point, you, you know, you put in, you can't blame the refs, you can't blame the defense, you can't blame anything. Whenever you have a chance to win, um, and and you and you aren't, you're unable to do it right. You don't win whenever you have the chance, and you give the other team a chance to win, and they do. Um, and so that's kind of my that's kind of my thing, right? Um, is is the fact that you can argue they shouldn't have been in the overtime position to begin with, but whenever you start with the ball, you got to put the game. No, I, I agree there. I agree. They they had the chance. Now, granted, there was that, again, back to the refs, third down, pass interference on Stefan Diggs that uh, Slay gets away with way too much, especially, you know, we just, that's a career thing for Slay, not just an eagle thing. I watched him, you know, with the Lions. But, you know, that forces them into that, that third down where they throw it to Gabe Davis. Should have had that, right? And then Gabe Davis, miscommunication between there, kicks the field goal. You know, marches him down to get the field goal. That's good enough for C.J. Stroud's game winner, but it cannot be good enough for Josh Allen. Josh Allen has the opposite luck that Tom Brady did, right? Tom Brady played in that division when it was literally everything bounced his way one way or another, and then Josh Allen is having the opposite effect, right? You know, a lot of these playoff games, they're, they're you know, the division's getting stronger. He's having one bounce, one bad bounce costing a game, right? That Jets game, you know, that's that's more on him lost but every other game's not you know he's done kind of his part enough to win a game where he's being let down by his other teammates you know there's he's the quarterback he's gonna you know get assigned most of the blame but it's just a shame and you have a game that you outduel the mvp which i've never seen an mvp finish a half of football with a zero passer rating like jalen hurts did this week but i digress yeah, I know we'll touch on defense later, so let's not waste any more time there on that. Let's go to the Sunday night game with Baltimore against the Chargers. Um, this was just this was kind of a bad game. Um, it's is weird because this this kind of cements what I thought about the Ravens this entire time, where I don't really actually think they're very good. No, right? We know how bad the Chargers defense is. Um, we know what the other teams have been able to put up on them. Um, and I mean, really, besides that one, you know. Zay Flowers run there at the end, you know, with like a minute or so left, you know, just kind of put it up on there for the large side. They don't, it's 13 to 10, like the entire game. Like they don't really do much at all. I mean, the defense is good. I really like the defense. The defense hasn't impressed me, right? Um, the Chargers weren't able to do much at all of anything um, against that game. Um, but um, yeah, I walk, yeah. So, I mean, I walk away I kind of like disappointed because it wasn't a very good game. And I walk away with kind of nasty taste and I'm out thinking about the Ravens. Right? I'm just like, listen, I don't actually think, I don't actually think the Ravens are good. I can, there's, there's a, there is a possibility where they're the one seed. Uh, I'm not denying that. There is a possibility they're one seed. They found ways to kind of win games this this year. Um, so there is a possibility that they're the one seed. But there's also the possibility where. You know that there are going to be even with the one seed, I could see them being one and done in the playoffs. Like we know what Lamar Jackson records like in the playoffs is not very good. I don't think they're that really of a good of a team. And so, yeah, I just walk away kind of with a more of like a reassurance. Like, yeah, this is this is that's the team who I think they actually are. They kind of played it like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You know, as it stands right now, they are the one seed, right? They got the nine wins. They're 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 king of the hill for now, of course, by weeks interference that. But uh, this offense that was supposed to be so you know the best offense um, Lamar's played with with Tom Monaghan doesn't look much different. Doesn't look any more explosive, right? The wide receivers they got Zay Flowers is a nice little piece, but they don't really, you know, he's 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 inconsistent as a rookie. Odell Beckham is 
you know, good for one slant a year, I guess, taking it to the house. Mark Andrews is now down for the year, which is Lamar's favorite target. And uh, yeah, I'm not, not too impressed. Um, and the other thing, that defense is good. I was more disimpressed with the Chargers pieces than that defense, right? The Chargers, you know, the Chargers had like, you know, none of their pass rush, right? They got all the sacks. None of their pass rush had real win rates, right? If you look at the win rates, I don't know how much you, you go into that analytics, right? But it was like free people getting to the quarterback at all times, right? There was one play where the Chargers left tackle or Chargers left guard and center blocked each other. And both of the two defenders smacked. I mean, it, it is insane. Again, this is another one where, like, you know, and it's happened. You know, we talked about it. The Chargers are cursed. It happened to Phillip Rivers. Herbert Herbert is playing his guts off for no reason. Like, this Chargers team cannot get it together, right? And they just, you know, at that last play, he, you know, he, he trying to make a play, he literally gets the ball, looks up, and there's a, you know, Javon Clowney right yeah, in his face. Right there in his face. Like, they didn't. Yeah, so oh. I don't know. So that, yeah, so I mean, it's, yeah, it's disappointing, you know, especially, you know, as a Justin Herbert fan coming out of college. Obviously, I'm I'm okay with the Chargers losing. That makes me happy at the end of the day. Obviously, I was rooting for them, actually, one of those reverse things, right? Just because, uh, yes. you know, Baltimore is definitely Boy, the one seed. I need them, you know, to lose um, to get the Chiefs up there, even though if they finish with the same record, the Chiefs most likely will um, get the tiebreaker over them due to, to conference record. Um, but, um, either way, still want the, the Baltimore, you know, the Ravens to lose as many games as possible. So, you know, we don't have to worry about that, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's for the defense though. I mean, held them to 20 points, you know, if you will, there's multiple chances for the, the chargers to go down there and score and they, and they kind of couldn't do it. So, you know, at that point you might, you know, at that point, you know, it's like, okay, this, this is the one time where like, I don't put the full loss on Justin Hurd, like the defense this time held them held them and gave you yeah. multiple chances and you couldn't do it. So this is, this is one of like the reverse games where like, okay, like just, man, your defense finally showed up and you, and you couldn't do it now. Uh, but um, that cool little double pass or not a pass, but that lateral was super cool that they had yes. to pick up that. So that was cool. Yes, I'd like yes. to see more teams kind of implement that because that was cool. But overall, overall, I think it was just a poor showing by, by both teams and it's just the chargers charging and, and, and the Baltimore Ravens who have shown that they're able to kind of win these games this year, right? Every year is kind of different. And the Ravens are showing that they are still able to win games, even though I don't necessarily think they're very good. So Ravens get the win, head into the bye week, a uh, chance to rest up before they go on to the home stretch here. Um, let's talk about that Monday night game, which you're welcome, by the way. Yes. Um, um, Told you to go with Chicago. I knew Chicago was going to do it. I wasn't anticipating them not being able to score a touchdown at all. Um, that was terrible. But you know the you know they're able to pull off that last second field goal and win twelve to ten. What were your thoughts here on on that Monday night game? Yeah, um, we we kind of predicted it. Josh Dobbs, like the Brian Fitzmagic aspect of Josh Dobbs, has run out. He looked atrocious right the other day. Um, he looked honestly, you know, he looked like Zach Wilson, really, just throwing the ball wherever he wanted to regardless if they're covered or not. Um, and I, I've got some questions about that, whether they should keep uh, Justin Fields. That was not a great game from him. All of the, you know, uh, didn't help out the screenplay amount of screenplays they called, but all of the deep calls that they did call, Fields didn't take them, right? He kept on checking down. He, he was, uh, he fumbled it twice. One of them, one of them I can get away with, you know, two of them fumbles, like fumbles are random, but you got to be, once you fumble once, you got to be extra precautious not to fumble again. Fumble twice, almost cost him the game there at that last fumble. Thank God the Vikings are just the Vikings, right? They they like to give close games. So 
um, not being able to score a touchdown is, is kind of embarrassing. I know that's not like a juggernaut defense, you know, that they're, they're not, you know, but they're not the easiest defense. So it should have been a little bit of a struggle, but you didn't really come close to scoring either. It wasn't like the Jets that Sunday night game against the Raiders where they scored a touchdown and it got called black and Zach Wilson runs out of bounds instead of, you know, they were close to at least scoring touchdowns. You were, there was really no touchdowns even close until the end when Hawk got in. So shout out Iowa, but that, that game was uh Thursday night game on Monday night. Right. So it was kind of pitiful. Yeah. Well, listen, I am. Yeah. So, I mean that the Joshua does, it's, it's unfortunate because that was such a fun story there for a couple of weeks. And now it's kind of lost its luster, right? That Santa, the Santa watch that magic is run out. Um, he's, he's turned to phone. Unfortunately, I know they're either going into the bye week now, so they're kind of going to reconsider. They want to try and give, um, um, uh, the, the kid out of BYU. I'm totally yeah, blanking Hall. out on his name. Jaron Hall. Yeah, Jaron Hall, they want to go ahead and try and give him a shot because he never really got the shot because he got concussed, right? So by this time, you know, back, they want to see what he's got. Um, obviously, still in playoff contention, so all is not lost. Um, but uh, I honestly thought that the Bears were going to pull another where they win the turnover battle and still find a way to lose the game. Um, yes. But obviously, you know, you know, they were able to win on that walk-off field goal. Which was there, but I'm I don't I'm I um I guess I'm different. I think that they should stick with Justin Fields. I don't think the problem is Justin Fields. I think the problem is the coaching. Uh, no, I, I whenever you call, you're calling forty eight percent of your plays of your pass plays were either at or behind the line of scrimmage. Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Like, we, you can't win. Like, they saw that one screenplay. In the preseason, where DJ Moore took it to the house and thought we can just do this every game, and they're just kind of focusing on that. So, I I will not be surprised if that head coach is gone. I think it should be gone. I think they should get in an offensive guy. I'm looking at um, the offensive coordinator for the Lions. You bring him over. I think he could have success. I think there's some you know a lot of offensive guys that they can get in there to to get kind of Justin Fields going. You got those two first round picks. It would. You know, it'd suck if you have to reset and use one of those as a quarterback, right? Whereas you can stick with him and you can build up around him. Get a wide receiver. If it's Marvin Harrison Jr., right, if you love him, get him. Get another wide receiver there for him to run with. Get an offensive line or, you know, build up that defense. Whatever you got to do to put those pieces around Justin Fields. Um, but just get him somebody that can coach him, keep him healthy, right? He's missed a lot of stretches of games because he keeps breaking fingers or doing whatever he is to his hands. So find a way to keep him healthy. Put a supporting cast around him give him an actual offensive offense to run. And I think we could see him have success. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I'm, I'm in on Justin Fields still. I think they should, they shouldn't come off of him. And I think they should, I think they should trade that first overall pick that they get from the Panthers for a haul and just use that to build and to build and to build around. Yeah, no, I, I'm still in on Justin Fields. I'm still team Justin Fields. I just thought, that that game kind of gave me if you do decide to go after like a Caleb Williams generational talent I understand it a little bit more after that game right I still think Justin Fields has the juice in it I still think he you know he, he looked amazing in Ohio State that that Ohio State Clemson game probably one of the best quarterback performances back and forth I've ever seen with Trevor Lawrence and Fields so I'm still team Justin Fields but like that that was not a shining moment for Fields last night yeah no um, let's go ahead and go into our best and worst before chase. What did you learn from week 12? Yeah. And we kind of touched on it three or two or three times here. I learned that defensive head coaches, they got to go. You take out, you take out bill, the exception of bill Belichick. 
right? Because he had Tom Brady and, you know, that that wild ride that probably we'll never see again. The only defensive head coach in the league right now that's won a Super Bowl is Mike Tomlin, right? Defensive head coaches cannot do it. They, they, they've got to go, right? Brandon Stanley at the Chargers. Um, Sean McDermott, he, you know, we'll talk about them. Again, we keep saying we're going to talk about it. We're going to get to it, trust me. But he's blowing games. Like, games are on his head. And then Matt Eberflus, right? He's got, like, these defensive head coaches are are losing leagues. I like some of them. Robert Sala is another defense head coach. We're a little questioning, right? The guy down in, I can't think of his name right now, but the guy down in Houston, he looks like maybe he can he can succeed, but we'll have to see. But, like, right. every other – Namiko Ryan's right. He's playing really good, but other than that, defensive head coaches, they, they, I would not want. Right? Would you rather rather have Robert Sala or Shane Steichen? Like, there there's a difference in the coaching here. Offensive head coaches, young quarterbacks. That's how you build franchises. Ah, that's how you do it. Uh, I love it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think there's always exceptions to the rule, obviously, um, but for the most part, I, I'm I'm with you 100. Um, percent What did I learn from Week 12? What I learned was is we need more games throughout the week, period. Um, we kind of already touched on it, so I won't get into it, but the Black Friday game is a fantastic <laughs> idea, but I just need I need every day to have a football game. Like Honestly, I just do. Um, and especially if there's a holiday, like if we're, not, if we're not working, if we're not in school during the fall, football needs to be played, right? What, whatever holiday, if it's Veterans Day, I don't care what day Veterans Day is on, or it's a holiday, Play a football game. Thanksgiving, play a football game. Uh, New Year's, play a football game. Christmas, play a football game. Black Friday, play a football game. Kwanzaa, play a football game. Hanukkah, what's that? 12 days? 12 days of football. Let's go ahead and do it, right? Anytime that we're not working in school or whatever, we have a day off, we're celebrating something, needs to be a football game. Um, And that's that's where I'm at. That's where I learned because that's just so fun to have a day off where you're just relaxing or you're eating, you're hanging out, do whatever. Not anything, you know, in with school or work or anything like that. You're just chilling, relaxing out, feeling all cool. There should be a football game on. Yes. Yes, I've been saying this for years. The FCS does it wrong, right? You got all the FBS games going on Saturdays. FCS needs to space them out. Give me a football game every day, right? I'd watch a, a random call it like North Dakota State versus the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. Give me that on a Tuesday night. I'm tuning in for that. <laughs> Like that, they, they do it wrong. Those small schools get get some media. Let's get let's get some football on every day. There we go. We'll call the games for you. We'll do it for a penny on the no, line too. Absolutely. We'll call the games for you. You yes. want to pay us a dollar an hour? We'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> yes, I'll be there. Sign me up. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, let's go ahead and go into best and worst, and this is where we're going to go ahead and get into. It. Let's just start off with the worst chase. We've been we've been teasing it, teasing it. Give me your worst. Yeah, my worst is that Bills defense, right? They Josh Allen did everything he could, basically. I know he had that one pick, and I know Josh Allen haters like Garrett will probably mention that. But other than that, he was absolutely perfect, and this Bills defense gave the game away. Other than, again, we talked about Sean McDermott's 20, but that Bills defense was awful. They allowed, they allowed three touchdowns, either fourth quarter or in overtime, right? Three touchdowns. Starting 13 minutes in the fourth quarter, and then a touchdown at 11 minutes. That long 29-yard pass to that Zacchaeus wide receiver. They should have had heels for right. He's just running around doing his best Russell Wilson impression. Throws a moon, absolute moon ball to a covered Zacchaeus. Like Micah Hyde was there. All you have to do is turn around and knock that ball away, and he falls to the ground for no reason. 
And then, of course, the 59-yard field goal, you let them march down the field. You even got two false starts, right? You uncharacteristic false starts, and they still were able to kick that field goal, right? You've got to, got to make the plays. Rasul Douglas had that one where Justin Fields overthrows the wide receiver by a mile, and Rasul Douglas just couldn't track it. Like, these are plays you have to make if you want to be in consideration to win the big one. And the Bills' defense is not. They are, they are not a good defense. Yeah, they're not. Listen, I already said before, I don't – the only thing I put on 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 um, uh, on Josh Allen in this game is just the fact that in overtime he had a chance to win it and he and he couldn't do it. Right. Other than that, I think he played a flawless game. Even Darius Slate, like the bro, threw the ball fifty-one times. You're gonna throw a pick when you throw fifty-one yeah. times, right? He did all he could. And honestly, as much as I kind of bag on him, he does put his team in positions to win all the time. And to where the defense just needs to make a stop and, and the defense fails. So, you know, the story, you know, the, the story of, of Tom Brady's career is all those great defenses. And the story of Josh Allen's career is going to be obviously, you know, turnovers. It's going to be and then it's going to be those defenses letting them down. So I don't really put this one on, on Josh Allen at all. Um, but that deep, and that's just that's who Sean McDermott has been. That's what he's shown us for the longest time. Like as a defensive coordinator, when he's put in these moments where he needs to come up with a stop, like they just cannot do it. They want to extend them. They just extended them to twenty twenty six. Like I just don't think. Like to me, that shows like they're not actually serious. Like they're not actually serious at winning because they're what they're six and six now, right? Legitimate, like le. Le- there is a legitimate possibility that they miss the playoffs, right? And um, because I don't think so you have to be you have to be ten and seven to make the playoffs this year in the AFC. Because it turns out the AFC is really strong this year. I mean, we knew they were going to be strong, but I think this is stronger than I think most of us thought. And they're going to have to be um, they're going to have to be ten. Um, at least 10 and seven in order to make the playoffs. And right now, like looking at their schedule, I don't know, Chase. I don't know if they're going to be able to get there. I don't know if they're going to be able to get there. Like if we're looking at it here, um, I'm going to pull it up here real quick just because I really got to take a look at this. So they still, so they've got, they've got Chiefs. They've got Cowboys. Their next two games are Chiefs and Cowboys, right? So they could lose those two games. And they got Chargers, Patriots, and Dolphins, right? We don't know. They've already lost to the Patriots once. So even though the Patriots suck, I can't say with confidence that the Bills are going to win that game. I've already seen them lose it once, but who knows? I would I would expect them to win that game. I would expect them to win the Chargers game, but who knows? Maybe the Chargers want to play spoiler at that point. Maybe they fired Brandon Staley by then and they get that. You know, the interim head coach bump in the Dolphins. You know, they finish the game against the Dolphins, right? The Dolphins are going to be fighting for maybe the one seed at that point. It's going to be in their house. They play really well at home. So they've got all these games here. They need to win. They need to win three of those. No, wait, what? what's the record right now? What did I say six and six. Like? They got to win four of them. Six. They have to win four of those. They have to win four of those. Yeah, so really it comes down they have to be either the Chiefs and or the Cowboys. Yeah, if they, if they lose, yeah, if they lose to the if they lose to both the Chiefs and the Cowboys, they're officially done. Absolutely. If they win one of those games, there's hope. But yes. 
if it won't look at the end of the soap, but their season by, by December 17th, their season could be done. And that's just kind of shocking um, based on how, you know, how much we expect from, from the bills. Yes. And it's, yeah. And it's crazy. Honestly, you know, the, the way the Cowboys are looking and the way Dak Prescott likes to carve up an offense, you, you've got to get this game, you know, you got a big bye week to come back and try to beat the Chiefs. It's crazy. Flex that to prime time. I don't know what game's on prime time. That should not be a 3.30 game. Bills Chiefs should never be a 3.30 game with Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. Like, what are you doing, schedule makers? But, yeah, so. But, yeah, anyway, yeah. Yes, so, that yeah, is Bills definitely defense. the worst. Bill's defense is the worst. Sean McDermott is the worst. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens moving forward. My worst is going to be on the offensive side of the ball. It's going to be the Saints' offense. Um, man, the Saints' offense is terrible. Um, Derek Carr, that just has not worked out for them. They're not a good team. Um, they can still, you know, they still have every chance to roll to win that division because it's not good. But whenever you play against the Falcons, who I don't think are good. And you can't even score a touchdown. Like we're at the point where you can't score touchdowns. You can't. Like it's not even talking about where you're shut out in a half, right? I know. Like I'm not going to sit here and say the Chiefs are the best, you know, because they haven't scored points, but they've at least scored touchdowns, right? Granted, against the Broncos they didn't. So who am I? What am I talking about? But the Saints against the Falcons. I'm getting off the edge. Anyway, didn't score a touchdown, so you have to be the worst. Um, and the Chiefs were were the worst. Were the worst in that game. I'm, I'm man enough to admit that. But anyway, we're talking about the Saints here. The Saints' offense was the worst. Um, at this point, if if you're concerned, you don't want to play Jameis Winston because you're concerned about the turnovers. Derek Carr's turning the ball over. He just threw a pick six. Like he's he's doing what Jameis does, but the offense functions better with Jameis in it. So if you're still getting the same amount of risk, might as well bump up where you have a little bit more upside and reward with Jameis Winston. So we'll see, we'll see, you know what they do, but I think you bench car and you move forward with Jameis for the rest of the season, because the offensive production just will increase and you're going to have a, yes, you're going to get those Jameis turnovers just built into the cake, but you're going to have more opportunities to score points, right. To, to win these games. So my worst is the Saints offense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's fair. You know, Free Jameis, right? We want to see J-Bo throw it. There's there's not a better better uh, feeling than when you're it's a nonchalant regular prime you know, you know noon game and Jameis Winston is slinging the ball all the time. It's it's a great great NFL day when that happens. So and the Saints are bad and those Falcons looking you know creeping back up. The one seed could still make the playoffs. My prediction, but no no I'm not going to go there. Going into my best. <laughs> Going to my best, right? And I'm I'm not going to take a lot of time, but it's the Cowboys. They are moving at they're they're mo- humming at everything. Their defense we talked about bland. Their offense they got the run game finally going. I got my MVP Dak right there. You know, slinging the ball better than anyone really doing it. And uh, one of the things we both talked about is the scapegoat that Kellen Moore was. Right? We thought he wasn't the problem. That offense looked good. You know, he goes to the Chargers. The Chargers offense doesn't look good. This offense really does. So maybe Mike McCarthy had his fingers in this a little bit more than last year than we thought. I just say Mike McCarthy is doing a heck of a job with this Cowboys offense. So that's just my best. I had to give props. I've been talking McCarthy down constantly on this podcast. I had to give props where it's due, right? Mike McCarthy hasn't come back to really bite him yet. So Yeah, until they play against teams with winning records. So, yeah. Yeah. But they did that last year, too, so it wasn't McCarthy's fault. Yeah, true. True, true. Uh, well, my best, I'm um, staying on the offense as well. 
I'm going with the best for this week was the Steelers offense. Now you may wonder, well, the Steelers barely put up any points. Yes, it's true, but they did finally, after 59 games, have finally eclipsed 400 yards of total offense. Their first game back after they have fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada, something that Steelers faithful have been clamoring all season long was to fire Matt Canada, fire Matt Canada, fire Matt Canada. And then immediately when they do, all of a sudden the offensive pops off. Now they had, they didn't have points, but they had production. So it's moving in the right direction, right? The production was there. They just got to figure out a way to put that into points, which we'll see if that happens. But with the way their defense is set up, if they have this production to this amount of points, they're going to be able to win some of these games down the stretch to sure up a, a playoff spot for sure. So best goes to see there's offense for finally eclipsing 400 yards of total offense, finally turning that page, increasing that production, and hopefully we see um, a lot better outing there from the Steelers offense here moving forward. Yeah, who knew doing things that other offense do successfully in your own offense would be, you know, beneficial to you. It's crazy that about Canada, you know, they finally use motion, play action, throwing the ball in the middle of the field with free remove. So, yeah, that, that Steelers offense definitely deserves their props for doing this, you know, for fire Matt Canada stuff. Fire <laughs> Matt Canada. Well, that is the best and worst. Let us know in the comments your best and worst from week 12. Let's go ahead and give out our game balls. Chase, give us your first game ball of the week. Yeah, so I'm starting on offense because I wanted to get to this. This is the first game we talked about. My game ball is going to the new future quarterback in Green Bay, their third franchise quarterback in a row, Jordan Love, right? 20, 22 for 32, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 268 yards through the air, another 39 on the ground. That's a 300-yard day on primetime where everyone got, got to see him. Man, the Fox did him dirty, not giving him a turkey lake, right? Turkey gate, give him this guy this lake. I don't know if you heard about that, but that is that is wild that he didn't get it. Apparently, Fox uh, fixed two turkeys, and they put a Lions logo on the one they were supposed to give because they figured the Lions would win. And so they, when he came there looking for his turkey, they they told him they didn't have it. So um, that's Jordan so Love, that's I a- saw, I swear, I, so I saw that report, but it was from some like not official source. So I swear, I thought that was satire. I was like, "There's no way that Fox would actually do that." That was real. Yeah. So it, it hasn't been. It, it's it's been reported through different beat writers, but not confirmed. But there, there was, there's no way that Fox just did away with that. Like, there's, there's something behind it. Either Greg Olson uh, destroyed the turkey live on air that they were supposed to give Jordan Love, or they did that. They they haven't decided which one yet, but I don't like Olsen anyway, so uh, I, it's his fault anyway. But, yeah, Jordan so Love, funny. Turkey yeah, Gate, that was put that chip that's on your shoulder. Fun. That's that's going to that's gonna give us a little bit extra momentum to ride to the playoffs. Let's go. There we I'm go. I'm all in on Love. All in on Love. Yeah, great outing. Kind of talked about it. Um, that was great. My game balls on the offensive side is going to running back Kyron Williams from the L.A. Rams. Coming off the injured reserve. Really have been playing well up to that point. He got injured. Comes back. 202 total yards. Two touchdowns, right? Coming after back from injury. He is the first player in NFL history with 140 or more rush yards. 60 more receiving yards, six or more receptions, and two or more receiving touchdowns in game. Wow. One of those weird stats, they just kind of, yeah. I don't know, they make figure that up. out somehow. They yeah. kind of make it up. But still, 
impre- impressive comeback, especially coming off an of injury, um, putting on a show. So Kyron Williams from the LA Rams, you get my game ball. Yeah, I had a, I had a friend ask me if I, he should start him this week coming off of IR, and I said, no way. No, you know, he's injured. They're not going to use him, and, <laughs> and, and he won't let me forget it. He started Charbonnet instead. Oh, so, oh no. <laughs> sorry, Zach. Yeah, that's my bad. Yeah, but dang, Zach. Disowned he Chase. still won. He, because if, did Mike you lose Evans money on that? If you, oh, he, was, he still won? Okay. He still won. I was going to say, Mike Chase is going to have to owe you money off of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a bad call by me, but you very well deserved. All right. Defensively, I wanted, I didn't, I wanted to go all Green Bay, give it to Rashawn Gary because he deserved it too. But I, I changed it up, went with the Black Friday game, went with Javon Holland for the, he had five total touch or five total tackles, one pass deflection. And what crazy, I've never seen before this insane play right before the half, a 99 yard pick six on a Hail Mary. I've seen like, like we're talking about, you know, the, the, the Saints and Jesse Bates had that, that interception go all the way back, you know, 92 yards. But they were right there. As soon as he broke that level, right, they weren't, you know, no one could come get him. This guy had to outrun the receivers and then run into the offensive lineman and quarterback and still score. Like, this is insane. I've never seen a Hail Mary return. This is this was what gave me, like, yes, let's do this every day. Like, Friday games are awesome. This was the play that kind of changed that game, made it kind of a, I got to now keep glued to the screen to make sure nothing else happens here. So, way to go, Javon Holland, get my defensive game ball. Yeah, that was funny. That was crazy. That was awesome, though. That was one of the things where, like, whenever you're sitting down, you're watching, like, like a, a bum game, right, against, you know, a good team and, you know, not a good team. You want to see something like that happen because that yes. kind of makes it worth worth watching. Uh, well, Chaser, you're in luck, and it's because I'm heading out to Green Bay, and I'm giving my defensive game ball to Rashawn Gary. We already touched Let's about go. it. You kind of led into that, but – um, three sacks, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, highest graded edge that week by PFF. Just a dominated performance. Really been dominating all season. Um, just has become a stalwart piece in that Green Bay defense. Um, somebody you have to account for every single play um, whenever he's out there and just dominating. So um, I'll, I'll pick you up. I'll pick your team up. Uh, I respect, you know, not doing the not doing the double packer, so I'll go ahead and pick that up there. But Rashawn Gary, I was shocked when you told me it wasn't going to be him. I was like, all right, I got to do it for sure. But Rashawn Gary um, putting on a show on Thanksgiving, uh, and you get my game ball, sir. Yeah, awesome. I, I didn't know that. I went, you know, I'm, I'm, I think it's better if you give them. You know, I didn't want to be called this. You see, this is proof. We're, bi- you know, we're non-biased. We give our best non-biased look. Right, because Rashawn Gary balled out, and I just had to mention him. I didn't get to give him official, so glad you did. He deserves recognition. He just got paid like a top edge because he is a top edge in the league. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. There we so go. The game balls. Let us know in the comments your game ball. Give us one offense, one defensive player game ball. A lot of the players that probably deserved it we can only give out once. We'll see who gets our game ball in week 13 next week. Let's go ahead and move on real quick, Chase, to where we were right and where we were wrong. Um, don't want to spend too much time on this chase, but let us know where were you right this week? Yeah, where I was right, I'll just, real simple. I picked all of the holiday and primetime games correct. I got the whole sweep. Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Sunday night, Monday night. Thanks to you, Monday night, but still cleared them all. Nice. That's impressive, especially because there's an extra day in there with Friday. Yes. Um, well, even even the extra two games on Thursday, so that's two impressive. So good job, good sir. Good job, good sir. Um, where I was right, um, and that's going to be about the Lions. They did not do nearly enough to address their defensive concerns, right? 
we kind of talked about it when it comes to the draft where they spent that early pick on Jameer Gibbs, which really wasn't a position of need, really was defensively that they needed to go in. Um, and they passed up on some players, right? Even they got some good players like Brian Branch they got, which is great. Jack Campbell I still like. But the oper- they had the opportunity to grab one of the more premier defensive players that we've seen in the league so far this year. Um, and decided to kind of trade back and do it to, to get Jameer Gibbs um, in there. And so that's uh, – I'm sticking by where I was right. As we've seen now, their defense has been kind of falling out this uh, – the past couple weeks and not playing really well. Uh, they're just missing some pieces I think they could have got with this draft. So we'll see what they do the next draft, but um, that's where I was right. Yeah, yeah, they, they messed up a couple times there. You know, Jalen Carter in that middle or Christian Gonzalez, right? He's injured, but he was going off as a defensive rookie. Even Joey Porter would have been a nice combo in there. So, yep, yep. But, all right, where I was wrong, and I was wrong. This was a rough wrong for me. I was wrong about all of the middle window games. That 3.30 kickoff, I got them, all three of them, wrong. The Chiefs, I picked right, but all the rest of them, completely wrong. I missed the Cardinals, the Rams beat them. I missed the Browns, the Broncos, kind of handled them pretty handedly. And then, of course, we talked about the Bills game. So I did not have a good middle window there. Luckily, I watched the the one game I did get right. The rest of them, as I was watching them, I'm like, come on, come on, uh, what was going on here? I was I was going for almost a perfect week there, and then that, that middle window kind of upset me a little bit. You really went with the Cardinals over the Rams? I did. I did. Well, I, I Kyler Murray, man. I got that Kyler Murray that's love. A tough one. That's a tough one. Um, yeah, so where I was wrong, I had my lock pick. I had the Tampa Bay Bucks with my lock over the Colts. Um, and obviously, you know, the Colts were able to win. You know, Baker did kind of suffer the ankle injury there early. It might have kind of thrown him off his game. Um, but still, um, the Colts team is feisty. They're in the playoffs currently right now. The season ended today. We'll see what happens as they kind of go down the stretch. But um, they're a feisty team. They're one of those teams where, like, they, they're scrappy. They could get you when you don't think it's so. Um, but, yeah, that's where I was wrong this week. Well, that officially wraps up our Week 12 recap. A little bit longer one today. So we'll go ahead and hit this Week 13 preview starting with, um, as you're hearing this tonight, um, Thursday night football. The Seattle Seahawks taking on the Dallas Cowboys. And, um, yeah, your quick thoughts here on that Thursday night matchup, Chase. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think this is a game to watch if you're a Dak Prescott and Cowboys fan because this is going to be a bloodbath, right? At that The defense I don't think is as good as the 49ers. I think that offense is even better, right? I think Cowboys offense better than the 49ers this past week. They've kind of turned it on. They've got that rushing game moving. They've got the passing game going at will. The Seahawks are in for the long haul. We've already talked about their schedule in length there. Buckle up, Seattle friends. Sorry, Cooper. You're, you're not going to have a good week this week. <laughs> Cooper, yeah, bro, you got to come off the Seahawks, buddy. Um, yeah, this is a tough one um, for the Seahawks because, you know, we've approved their schedule, right? They're just going to be getting punched in the mouth week in and week out here. Unless barring a miracle happens, I think this would be one where, you know, all the Dallas, you know, the Dallas lovers are going to come off of this game and be, yeah, Dallas, but because technically Seattle has a winning record, but right when we look at it, really, you know they're not going to have one by the end of the season, so I'm not um, I'm not excited for this game. I think this will be a just the complete and utter um, domination there by the Cowboys. And Dak can pad his MVP MVP stats here against against the against these terrible teams. MVP. 
MV Pat uh, um, Mahomes Prescott MV Prescott <laughs> not MV, as cool as MV Pat MV Prescott there you go not as cool as MV Pat speaking of MV Pat the Chiefs take on the Packers in Sunday night football Mahomes first game in Lambeau they played the Packers before it's always been in Arrowhead so this is her his first trip there to Lambeau to notch another um, win in another stadium off of his belt against the resurging Green Bay Packers, who are now coming on strong and a chance to might catch the Chiefs off guard. Chase, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on what I'm gonna call this because I wanna I wanna get it a little bit later, right? But this is this could be a really good game. Uh, Jordan Love hasn't lost to the same team twice. This Jordan Love's first start was against the Chiefs, right when Aaron Rodgers had COVID. And then the toe injury at the same time, COVID toe. So, uh, and he he almost was when there threw a touchdown to Devontae Adams. Just the Chiefs blitzed him at a crazy rate. I think it was like eighty nine percent of the rate. Right, as a young quarterback, he couldn't handle that. He's a different guy this this, uh, this time when you're seeing him. And the uh, he, you know even though the Chiefs were able to put it together, the Chiefs offense is not clicking. The Packers offense is finally starting to click. There are the. Chiefs defense is clicking at all cylinders. The Packers defense is starting, looking good against the, the Lions to see how they carry that momentum. I think this honestly could be a pretty good Sunday night football game. Yeah, no, I agree. I think when I first saw it, I was like, oh, Chiefs by a million. But the way the Chiefs have been playing, the way the Packers have been playing, I think we're in for a pretty good game. I think it could be a close game heading into the fourth quarter. Um Ultimately, I think I, I ultimately this would be if the Packers win, I think it would be a huge upset. I think ultimately Chiefs should win and will win this game. I just think they're the better team. But it's interesting, right? So if we take kind of what the teams have been so far, the Chiefs have been a first half team. The Packers have been a second half team. So if you know if the Chiefs are fully back, maybe like maybe we'll see. You know that could be different. And you know, the Packers kind of fully back, right? They kind of put in a, a full game against the Lions there. Um, so we'll kind of see which teams that we get, but this could go one way where the Chiefs, you know, dominate the first half and the Packers dominate the second half, right? We'll see if the Chiefs are able to put enough points to kind of stem off a comeback in the second half, which kind of the Packers have been kind of done so far this season. Really interesting, kind of two different, um, different halves of football, right? When these teams kind of show up. So, um, you know, whoever shows up more is going to win. And I just, um, against where the Packers are, I don't think the Packers are there quite yet to where I can think that this would be, you know, that worrisome here for the Chiefs. Uh, I definitely do think that the Packers um, legitimately have a shot at winning this game. I'm not discounting them at all. I'm not going to disrespect them like that. Just the way the Chiefs have been playing and the way they've been playing. Um, but I still got I still got to ride with the Chiefs here on, on Sunday night. I think the Chiefs will – I think the Chiefs will get the win. Yeah. Perfect. Right. We're on a Monday night. And the Monday night football game, yeah, this is another one um, where uh, unfortunate because, you know, the Bengals and where they're at now with the Joe Burrow injury to where it's kind of lost its luster for sure. So we got the Bengals taking on the Jags on Monday night football chase. Yeah, I like you. You took it. Uh, Burrow takes the excitement out of this game. I think, you know, this is another Jack, Jacksonville win. They kind of not officially, but unofficially won their division last week. So now they just get a ride high, try to compete. They're in the race for that one seed, right? They were winning it until, you know, the middle window and then the Chiefs won it. And then, you know, I hate how they do that. Why, why move the playing standings around to all the games are played? So yeah, dumb. But, but like they're, they're, they're fully in the race for this. The only thing is they, they are going to, you know, they don't have their own, 
they can't win it on their own power, losing a couple tiebreakers to, you know, the, the Chiefs, and then they lost another tiebreaker to the Dolphins, I think. There's another team that they lost a tiebreaker to that they shouldn't have. But the Jags are, you know, this is a game that they should completely control without, uh, you've seen how Jake Browning kind of looked last week, and, and it wasn't great. So Jags by a lot. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think the Jags kind of win this game. Um, I think they've, barring anything crazy happening, they've pretty much wrapped up their their division. Obviously, Colts and Houston are nipping on their heels, but they've got a you know a two game lead, um, you know, over that. Um, obviously, with some some tiebreakers in there as well. So they're they're setting them up. But if we're talking about the one seed, I don't think they're going to be able to lose another game. Um, I think if they lose another game, I think it'd probably be pretty safe to say that the yeah. one seed is out of question. They won't be able to get the one seed. So looking at their schedule, right, against Bengals, Browns, Baltimore, um, those are going to be – the next three weeks are going to be the toughest stretch. I still think the defense for the Bengals is still good enough to kind of give them some hassle because I don't think the – because the Jaguars do have some struggles, right, offensively as well. Like in the red zone, they struggle on scoring. They do have some turnovers that they're dealing with. So I don't think it'll be a, a, an easy game necessarily. But I just still, I don't think, you know, the Bengals just have any chance of winning that game just because of the quarterback. The Browns might give them some tough. The Ravens, who knows? And then the last three games, right against the Bucks, the Panthers, and the Titans. If they can get, if they can get to that, to that three stretch, not having lost, then I would feel really good about, really good about their chances. Obviously, depending on what, um, you know, happens with Kansas City, since Kansas City owns that tiebreaker. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, I like the Jags here in this one for sure. I don't think it's going to be, uh, I don't think it'll be a blowout by any means. Um, but I don't, th- I don't think Cincinnati would have a chance to win this game. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. All right. Our lock picks. All right. Let's lock picks. Um, let me go ahead and give you my lock pick here real quick, Chase. And my lock pick might surprise you, but my lock is the LA Rams over the Cleveland Browns. I'm locking it in. And the reason why is just because the Browns do not have an offense. They only have a defense. Okay, and the Rams don't have a defense, but they do have an offense, right? They've got talented players on offense. As long as Matt, Matthew Stafford is is there playing, they're going to be able to put up points um, offensively. So they may not put up 31 points or whatever like they did against the Cardinals against this Cleveland defense, but I still think they'll put up enough points. And we just saw the Broncos put up 20-plus points on them. So if the Broncos can do it, I think the Rams can do it. Um, and the Cleveland offense, like, are we going to get DTR? Or are we going to get Joe Flacco? Like, is Joe Flacco going to come back, you know, after a timeout of league and really be able to put up, you know, those points and win? I, I just, I don't like what Cleveland has offensively. Um, and I like the Rams offense more than I do. I like the Cleveland offense. And so that's why I'm picking them as my lock. Yeah. No, I, I understand that. Absolutely. I think, uh, I think they might be a little bit hungrier after losing that game kind of handedly to the Broncos last, last week. So, and I, I, you know, I'll say it once I'm not impressed with the Rams team at all. They can win as many games as they want and they do not impress me. So I don't think I'll ever pick them to win. So I'm, I'm riding with the Browns, but I respect the lock. My lock is a, is a lock that, uh, I've had this locked in my head since last year when it was announced, I circled it. This is the 49ers over the Eagles. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it too much because I'm sure we're, you know, we're going to touch on it later, but this, this game, you know, a revenge game, this game is going one way and one way only. And it's the 49ers way. Lock, lock it in. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm locked in on that one. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
Um, my upset alert. So the team that I'm putting on upset alert, um, I'm not going to dive into it because I know that we're, you're going to go into it, but the team I've got on upset alert is actually the Houston Texans. As much as I love the Texans, as much as I hate the Broncos, um, I do think, you know, the Houston Texans are favored. Um, but I do think that there is a, a real possibility, obviously, the Broncos can go in and, and win that game. Um, so that is who, who I've got on upset alert um, is the Houston Texans. Yeah, and I'm I'm rocking with that, right? I'll talk about it a little bit later, but I'm rocking with the Texans not, not being able to come up with this game. My upset, of course, I think it kind of gave it away when we were talking about it. But I am picking Jordan Love and those Packers Sunday night, right, at home, playing their best best football game all year coming off that big win take it on the chiefs coming you know coming into the you know kind of coming out of their hard schedule week right they kind of come down from that that where they had a couple of those divisional games they dropped one to the broncos and you know they're looking like they're getting back on their feet coming into lambo's a different beast especially even when we're bad lambo's still hard unless you're detroit on a thursday night that's really the only game that people haven't struggled coming into lambo but so I'm, I'm taking them. I think Jordan Love showed me enough. And, you know, kind of like you were talking about when we did it, the preview, you know, they're diff, way different halves. This week kind of flipped that, right? Packers kind of ran with the first half. The the uh, Chiefs kind of scored all, you know, a lot of their touchdowns in that fourth quarter, second half, right? Third quarter, fourth quarter, second half. So it's, it's interesting to see what teams we're going to get, how these teams, I think these teams are perfect to fight against each other, right? They kind of, their strengths are the other team's weaknesses, right? So it's going to be a really good show. Sunday night. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm pumped for it. I'm pumped for it. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, so that leads us into our big game preview. Chase, hit us with your big game preview for this upcoming week. Yeah, we've talked about it just briefly, but I'm going to get into it. I've got Broncos over Texans. So, right, so the Texans and the Broncos, they are both tied, same record in the league. And they're both looking outside at the playoffs, wanting to get in there, right? The the Broncos right now are drawing a lot of comparisons to me to the Lions of last year. I know they didn't make the playoffs, but they were on a losing streak, looking like the same old team. And then all of a sudden, they just hit a hot streak. And now both of them finished with the with the best winning streak in the league. Lions last year, Broncos are on that right now, going crazy. And I think the experience and the talent on this Broncos team gets the win over the Texans, right? We talked about the Texans are a fun team. They're a good team. They're a young team, right? D'Amico Ryans doesn't have that head coaching experience in games like this, right? He lost his only must-win game so far this year against the Jags. It wasn't really a must-win, but it was a division game, a big game. He lost that. I think this is another big game to get in the playoffs. And I think as much as I don't like Sean Payton or Russell Wilson, I think they have the experience and the talent to do that. The Broncos' defense is kind of turning it around, kind of becoming that defense that we've seen last year when Russ was struggling. And Court and Sutton and that offensive group weapons are exploding. They're becoming more potent in the in the actual game. So I'm all in on the Broncos to beat the Texans this week. Yeah, no, I like exactly kind of how you put it. This is going to be one of those, um, just because these two are going to be vying for that last playoff spot. So obviously you want to have that tiebreaker over. So this is essentially, I would say this is essentially a playoff game this week yeah. for these teams, because, you know, whoever wins is obviously going to have that tiebreaker where if something else happens with, you know, the teams above them, they're going to have a shot at uh, Mike getting in there and that, in that seventh seat. So un un unfortunately, as much as I would love to pick against the Broncos and, and pick the, the Texans, um, I'm I'm with you. It just kind of feels like this is probably going to be uh, probably going to be a Broncos win. 
uh, I can see, I can definitely see the way the Texans can win this game. I'm not saying the Texans can't. I mean, they're favored to win. I think they they I'm not they should be favored to win. These teams are pretty much even. They're a home game. I don't have any problem with that. So that's why they had it on the upset alert. But I think the Broncos um, just might be a little bit more suited at this point to at this point in the season to to win this game. Yeah. No. I'm. Yeah. Broncos. I'm glad we both agree. That's cool. Donkeys. Unfortunately, <laughs> the donkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, my big game preview here, we've already touched on it. It's going to be the NFC Championship matchup with the 49ers and Eagles. Um, going in, um, going into Philly is obviously a hard place to play. The Eagles, I think, so far this season, um, I've, they've been lucky. Um, I, I mean, they've been like, I mean, I don't want to discredit them. Being 10 to 1 is, it's, they they've had to earn it, right? I mean, they played win, they, but there's two those two games against the Commanders. You can argue they should have lost. You can argue they should have lost against the Chiefs if MBS catches that ball. You can argue they should have lost against the Bills. Um, you know, the Bills had them there the at the end. Should have lost to the Bills. The Vikings game, um, a couple things went their way as well. So they just kind of had one of those almost seemed like a, a team of destiny, if you will. Where like if anything can happen to help them, it it, it kind of does. They're catching a lot of breaks, right? They're still playing well to win these games, but they're also catching a lot of breaks. But I don't think the 49ers are going to give them these breaks. I think the 49ers are the better team. I think that they're the best team in the NFC. Yes, I know they went through that rough patch. That's okay. 49ers typically do that. Um, So it's on par for them. This is at the end of the season is where they get hot. I think they're playing at a phenomenal level. I don't think the Philadelphia's defense is very good. Brock Purdy has all of his offensive weapons. Everybody's healthy at this game, right? This is the time you want to be healthy. The only reason why they lost last year is because Brock Purdy got injured and just kind of derailed the whole entire thing. And so I I like this big for um, big for the 49ers. If the 49ers, there's still a possibility for the 49ers to get the one seed in the NFC because the Eagles still have to play them and they still have to play the Cowboys. So if the 49ers are able to win this game and they finish with the same record, the 49ers would have the tiebreaker. The 49ers could get the one seed. I think that's going to be really crucial come playoff time because I think you don't want to go. It's hard to beat the same team twice. Good, good teams. Yeah. It's hard to beat a good team twice. Like you can get away with it during the season. Um, but um, to go back to the link in the playoffs, like another championship game, you want that at Levi Stadium, right? You want that in the Bay. You don't want to have to go to the Eagles again. So this is going to be huge for that specific playoff seeding. Because if they lose, the possibility of the one seed is gone. The Eagles' schedule is too easy after playing the Cowboys to where they're going to have to drop an additional one, and they already have the tiebreaker over you. So the one seed is gone if you lose this game. If you win this game, not only do you kind of get that revenge, you set yourself up You set yourself up possibly for the one seed and to get another rematch of them coming to you right at home in Levi Stadium. So a lot riding on this game for the 49ers. The Eagles could lose this game and still be fine. Right, just like I said, because the ease of their schedule easing up here, they could still lose this game. Um, but I think this is going to be a must win for the 49ers. I think the 49ers are pissed. I think the 49ers are better, and I think the Eagles have caught a lot of breaks. I think are going to stop right here, and I got the 49ers to win this one. Yeah, yeah, I, I locked it for a reason, right? This was a game that the the uh, 
you know, Debo Samuels asked about, right? He had a lot of words after the game, right after the game. He was calling a lot of the Eagles defensive players bums. He didn't really like them. And they were asked about it, like, you know, after a year removed from that, are you clear ahead? And Debo says, no, I said what I said, and I meant what I said, right? He, he He's doubling down. The, the 49ers, you know, know that they were the team that should have won. Unfortunate things happen. They didn't. They moved on but they're moved on to this game right here. And this is going to be must-watch TV. And I think it might be a little embarrassing, a little humbling for those Eagles. No, I'm with you 100%, 100%. Well, that wraps up this week's episode with our big game preview. Let's go ahead and give you our official picks for this upcoming week. Chase, give me your picks for week 13. Yeah, I'm rocking with the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Steelers, Colts, Broncos, in my big game preview, Lions, Falcons, Dolphins, Bucks, 49ers, Browns, Packers in my upset on Sunday night, and then the Jags on Monday. That's so, I, so I was I was really I was really curious where you're gonna go with the Atlanta and New York game because those are the two teams who've been on yes, with the Falcons. I, I, and the Jets. Seen that. I was curious to see which which team you're gonna go for. Um which team you're gonna get there. Um Yeah, so I'll go ahead and give you mine. So um I've got Dallas, I've got Colts. Chargers, Lions, Steelers, Dolphins, Broncos, Bucks, Rams, 49ers, Chiefs, Jags, and I really struggled this one with the with the Falcons versus the Jets, but I I don't trust the Falcons offense. I don't trust even more Tim Boyle at quarterback. I gotta pick the Falcons to win this one. Even though Ooh. I think they're gonna struggle against that New York Jets defense. Tim Boyle is just no way. There's just no way that he's going to be able to do it. Because the Atlanta Falcons, as much as I crapped on them and their defense, their defense has has been better than I thought they were going to be. Yeah. It's true. And so I think going up against, you know, Tim Boyle, um, yeah, it's uh it's it's gonna be the Falcons. I, I got the Falcons yeah. doing that one. Yeah. If Arthur Smith could get out of his own way, my Falcons prediction would then right. Arthur Smith making me look dumb. Come on, Arthur. Yeah. Arthur. I mean, give the gift of all your best players. It's crazy what happens. Anyway, that wax up. Wax up. Yep, that's, <laughs> you can tell it's almost midnight, so I'm tired. That wraps up this week's episode here of All Things Football. As always, appreciate you following along. If you haven't already, like, comment, subscribe, share with a friend. We're already growing. Um, we love to grow even more. And uh, enjoy, enjoy this week of football. It has come and it is going, right? Do not take these weeks for granted because before we know it, um, before we know it, it's all going to be gone. So enjoy championship weekend here for college as we get ready for the college playoffs and bowl season. Enjoy week 13 here at the NFL. And we'll see you next time here on All Things Football.